Good morning, everybody. Glad you um, braved the cold and um, chose to put first things first this morning. That's what we're talking about this month. We're talking about a growing friendship with Jesus and uh, the availability of a friendship with Jesus for everybody. And uh, essentially, like I said last week, that's all I'm interested in for the rest of my ministry, however long it may be. I hope it's decades, but I just want to help people grow in a friendship with Jesus. And as a church, we are all about getting you connected with Jesus and helping you to grow in friendship with him. Now, what we're talking about essentially are the three components to a growing friendship with Jesus. What I really want to do with this series is I want to give everybody, no matter where, some of you are like you know, long-time friends of Jesus and, and uh, you, you have the language that works for you to describe your friendship with him, but some of you might be new to this, and I just want a, want a common kind of language so that we can talk together and grow together. And so there's basically three components, and, and I have come up with these three icons. The first is treasure. That's our actual friendship with Jesus. That's the relationship, the up-down relationship with Jesus, and it starts with saying yes to him and actually inviting him into friendship. Right? You can't be friends with somebody that... You haven't invited into friendship. The second piece we're going to talk about today of that treasure, um, that's the habits. Sometimes they're called spiritual disciplines. Um, the things that we do throughout the week, throughout the day, that help us grow in friendship with Jesus. And you really need to have some habits. Um, it's, it's just like anything else. If you want to get good at something, there are certain habits and disciplines that get you there. That's what we're talking about today. And then there's actually following the teachings of Jesus. We'll talk more about that next week. But that's that treasure component. And then the table is a part of a growing friendship with Jesus. That's the idea that Jesus and his followers were always inviting people to eat together into really close friendship. And as we follow Jesus, we're going to become close friends with other people who are following him. And that community in and of itself is, is something Jesus treasures in our friendship our relationship with other people. And then finally is the towel. That's the third part of a growing friendship with Jesus. And he, um, the model that he gave us, um, he wrapped a towel around his waist and washed and dried um, his disciples' feet. He served them like that. And then he said, now go and do likewise. And so there's a servanthood aspect of following Jesus. Now, we're talking last week, this week, next week about the treasure part of that. And so one of the reasons we picked the word treasure is because that's the word Jesus picked. Take a look at this in Matthew chapter 13. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. So Jesus said that friendship with him Life under his care, the kingdom of God, is treasure. And it's treasure so valuable that once you get a taste of it, you'll gladly sell anything, give anything that stood between you. You will get rid of anything that stood between you and that friendship. So that's what he's saying. He's saying that life with him is so good that nothing else that you could possibly have in this world could compare with that. And then we grow from there. So we're going to talk about... Um, some spiritual disciplines today, some ways that you can incorporate in your daily routine, a growing friendship with Jesus. And I want to caution you up front, uh, 
the enemy to, one of the enemies to this is to try to do too many different kinds of things, like to become a sort of productivity junkie, always looking for the next productivity hack or system. What I really want you to do is find a few things and, um, and commit to that for a little bit. Before you, and I say this because I'm guilty of always wanting to find that next thing that's really going to move me forward, whether it be in personal work productivity or my friendship with Jesus, where I'm always trying to find that next discipline, that next hack, and, and not being consistent. I'd love for you to find some things and consistently follow them for a few months before you just jump on to the next thing. All right, so suggestion number one. For today's purpose, when we talk about a growing friendship with Jesus and the spiritual habits that get you there, I really want you to check out Gary Thomas's book, um, uh, Sacred Pathways. This was huge in my own personal friendship with Jesus, because in this book, he lays out using centuries of well-documented uh, daily disciplines of people, what he calls pathways. There's a few categories, there's a handful of categories of disciplines. Now, I'll give you a link in a little bit to that book if you, if you just you know, put it right there at your fingertips. <clears throat> but he's going to lay out some different pathways that people, um, that people use. And the key is to, first of all, expose yourself to some of these different pathways that people have used for centuries, and then also to decide what are your primary pathways and what are your supplementary pathways. And what that means what I mean by that is there are going to be a few things that work really, really well for you, but you can't just write off other pathways, but they're going to be supplemental. Let me give you an example. So for me, reading the Bible, that's a pathway, and it's an important pathway, and for me, that's my primary pathway. Like, I could read the Bible for hours, and it gives me energy, fire in my bones. It sustains me. It strengthens me. I'm always glad I did, I'm, I'm like, and I'm excited uh, to, to do that. Not every single day. Certainly, there are some days where, where it's a little more of a chore, but for the most part, I love reading the Bible. You don't have to beg me. God doesn't have to beg me to. I get a lot out of it. For other people... To get through 10 minutes, if you don't like to read, you don't get a lot out of it, and it's a chore to read the Bible. So for me, reading the Bible is a primary pathway. For other people, it's supplemental. It's not the main one, but I'm telling you, it's on that spectrum. Like, you got to have it, but it might be supplementary. Another example is worship like worshiping God through song and music and actually engaging with God through music and worship. Now, for some people, you can get lost in worship for hours. You would pay to go to a worship concert. For other people like me, worship is supplemental. I struggle with worship. I think we have the best thing around. Like, like our people are really good up here. Our worship is really good. But I struggle with worship. Now, for my wife, it's a primary pathway for her. She's singing all the time. She's singing while, you know, I'll, I'll hear her singing worship songs while she's cleaning and stuff like that. It's primary. She loves it. For me, after a song, I'm good. It's supplemental. Now, here's what's funny is a few years ago, about 10 years ago, I don't know, I, had, I did a, a thing where I told everybody, hey, email me suggestions for Sunday mornings. And I'd get these back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back emails where it would go like this. Hey, um, I really love the worship. Our band is amazing. But, man, is there any way we could just maybe, like, 
bookend the service with so, like a song at the beginning, a song at the end, and like 50 minutes of Bible teaching. That's what everybody really wants. And then the next email, open it up. Alex, I really like your speaking. Don't get me wrong. I get a lot out of it. But is there any way we could do like a 10-minute sermonette and like 50 minutes of worship? It's what most people want. And what you see there is the, the spectrum of pathways that for some people, something's primary. For others, it's supplemental. Prayer and contemplation, same way. Some people could pray for hours. Other people have to really work hard to stay focused for five minutes. Nature. Be very aware of nature as a pathway because for, for some of you, you don't know it yet, but like if you can incorporate your time in nature as an expression of, of friendship with Jesus, your heart will explode with growth. Now, others of you, it's 78 out, and you are content to be indoors in front of the TV or reading or whatever else you're doing indoors when it's 78 degrees. I don't know, because i got to be outside. <laughs> These next 10 weeks are murder for me. My wife will tell you what I become when I can't get outside. Because nature is a primary pathway for me. That book will give you a handful of pathways, and I really want to suggest as we talk about spiritual disciplines and the daily kinds of habits that grow our friendship with Jesus, that, that, is, that is essential reading. Gary Thomas, um, Spiritual Pathways. I'll get you a link to it in a, in a minute. Um, let's talk a little bit now about Bible reading. Um, you can't grow spiritually without reading the Bible. Controversial statement, but I mean, you're going to get a little bit from Sundays. I hope you get a lot from Sundays, okay? Church. Um, you can do some of the other supplemental stuff, but if, you, if, if your life is void of Bible reading, um, you are at best spiritually malnourished like you might be surviving just like you know third world poverty can survive on almost no, but you will not thrive spiritually if you don't have some kind of bible reading so what i have for you is a simple approach that i want to pitch for you and i really hope you'll run with it about 10 years ago I did P90X. Familiar with P90X? It's, it's about an hour and 15 minutes for 90 days of intense workout. It transformed my body until I stopped doing it 90 days after I started it. It was too much. Like, I don't have an hour and 15 minutes. I guess I do, but, you know, honestly, I do. But I ain't spending it on that. <clears throat> and so it crashed. Right? It fell off because it was too much. And, and one of the things that I see is that that approach, um, like, like it, I'll have, people will say, like, Alex, I, you know, it's time for me to turn the corner. I'm going to get up at 4 a.m. and I'm going to read the Bible for an hour and I'm going to pray for an hour and I'm going to whatever, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, dude, don't. Because that, that's not sustainable. You will burn yourself out. And I see that with Bible reading, especially where people just overdo it. Now listen, don't underestimate 
15 minutes a day, five days a week, 50 weeks a year. You get vacation off and you get, you know, the week of Christmas and New Year's off because family's in town and, you know, just trying to survive your in-laws. That's when you really need scripture. Maybe you should read it that week. So, but listen, listen, let's do the math, okay? 15 minutes a day, five days a week, 50 weeks a year. That's over 60 hours. You can read the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. You can read the entire Bible out loud at a reasonable pace in 60 hours. Now, you probably read to yourself a little faster than that, but think about this. 15 minutes a day, five days a week, 60 hours a year. One year from now, you will have read the whole Bible. If you know nothing about it, you will have read the whole Bible. Now, I would recommend something else, though. First of all, I recommend 15 minutes a day, you set an alarm on your phone. And at the end of 15 minutes, you're done. Mid-sentence, you're done. 15 minutes, leave yourself wanting more. Or to where you, you know, you're either going to want more, or you're going to be like, okay, I got two more minutes. Come on, stay focused. One of those approaches, 15 minutes a day. <clears throat> How many of you scroll Facebook or ESPN or watch HGTV or whatever else for 15 minutes a day? How many, hands up high, how many of you consume some kind of media that is non-essential for, we got 15 minutes a day, okay? Now listen, rather than go Genesis to Revelation for the first year, I recommend this, anything you listen to me up here say, this is the thing, Okay? The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the teachings of Jesus, start your first year. You, you will, if you st just stay for your 15 minutes on Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Matt, just repeat. You will get through the Gospels 10 times each in a year. <clears throat> by the end of that year, if you know nothing now, by the end of the year, you will be an expert on the life and teachings of Jesus. You'll know them all. You'll know them inside and out after one year of doing that. Those are the red letters. In the old school Bibles, the words of Jesus were, were highlighted in red. They were red letters, and, and the words of Jesus are primary in God speaking to you and in your life being changed. You use those red letters to find out who you are to listen to what God is telling you about who you were made to be. Those 15 minutes a day, and when your subconscious, I can't say that word very well, I never have been able to, but when your subconscious has those words implanted in you, and they will, you will, that's a game changer in life. When those words of Jesus are always just kind of, when your soul is marinating in those words of Jesus, Game changer, because they tell you who you are. And then <clears throat> you can really start to renounce the lies that you tell yourself and declare the truth that Jesus gives you to declare. When it's, I renounce the lie that I have strayed too far to be friends with Jesus. I renounce the lie that I've strayed too far and have been gone too long to be friends with Jesus. I believe the truth that friendship with Jesus is available for me just the way I am. Like you can begin to do things like that throughout the day. Game changer. Now, real practical. <clears throat> That's the Bible app. If you don't have a Bible, number one, you can always take one from under the 
row in front of you and, and just take it at yours. We'd love for you to have it. Um, a more mobile solution is the Bible app. That's the best Bible app for my money right there on the, um, it, it's, it's free, so I guess that was not really for my money, but um, use the QR code. Um, those are translations. Take a picture of the screen. I don't have the time to go through them, but take a picture of the screen if you want. Uh, one of the problems can be if you're using a wrong, not a wrong translation, but a, an unfamiliar translation, like for instance, the King James Version was written in 1611. Lots of willeth, goeth, toeth, the storeth, um, things like that, like where it almost, it sounds like you should know what it's saying, but you really don't. Now, there is nothing wrong with the King James Version. It's just written in 1611, and it's not common if you're not familiar with it. So you almost have to learn a different language in order to understand the King James Version. So if you love it and it works for you, and you were raised with it, great, use it, seriously. But if you're new to the Bible and don't know that language, you might want to try the NIV or the NLT, the New International Version, the New Living Translation. They're just more familiar uh, um, English language. I teach from the NIV. I read the NIV myself. Um, so make sure that you've selected a Bible with the right translation. Translation is just going back to the original Greek and Hebrew and bringing it into English. But I really want to recommend... Um, the right translation, like put some thought into it. So, 15 minutes a day, five days a week, 50 weeks a year. Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, okay, the, the life and teachings of Jesus for a year of that. Set your alarm. That daily habit will change your life. That is a building block habit for a growing friendship with Jesus. Now, Let's talk about prayer. Um, <clears throat> if you want to grow closer to Jesus, if you want to grow in friendship with him, um, you have to talk to Jesus and you have to listen to Jesus. And prayer is a primary means of that. There are lots of ways to pray. But I want to suggest uh, we have a, a, a Wednesday night every couple of Wednesdays or two Wednesdays a month at Polaris. It's called Creating Space for Prayer. It was created and led by Kathy Beebe. Kathy is our Director of Ministry Development. She sort of oversees the ministry side of Polaris. And there are some really neat things happening through uh, that, I hate to call it a program, but that's kind of what it is. It's a really simple launching point for you to develop a prayer life. So Kathy's going to tell you more about it. Um, creating Space for Prayer started about 10 months ago after I attended a prayer retreat in Chicago for leaders. And at this retreat, I prayed written prayers and scriptures as prayer and sat in silence as a form of prayer. There were also times when I was in a small group of people and I learned to listen and simply be present to the person talking. Yes, listening is a form of prayer, and I will explain this in a few minutes. All this made a huge impact on my prayer life, my spiritual growth and connection to the Christian community, and also to God. And I wanted to share this with Polaris. So understand that Polaris needs to be a church that comes together to pray, because Brunswick needs Polaris to pray together 
to pray. And our families, our children, the sick, and our neighbors, and Love Pure needs us to meet for prayer, and not for just times of hardship, but also for praise. And we also need to come together in prayer as a way to grow spiritually and to develop a closer friendship with the God who longs for us to come to him. You also need others to pray for you. And I was just thinking this morning, I thought there might be someone here that has never heard or known someone to pray for them. So CSP is an opportunity for you to have a simple way to pray. Christians praying together is something that's done all over the world and has been done for thousands of years. So so why not Polaris and why not you? No one needs to have experience and what takes place is quite simple. No one prays out loud, and no one gets to occupy the whole hour. It works for introverts and extroverts alike. Both men and women can attend. It also is a great place for someone who doesn't think of themselves as someone who understands prayer or prays much. Creating space for prayer is not something you sign up for and have to come commit to for nine weeks. Come whenever and how often you want or need, and it's offered every first and third Wednesday of the month. That's my rhythm, too, first and third Wednesday. Here's what you can expect when you come. When you arrive at church, I'll be there to greet you, and I'll, hand you a, I'll give you a handout to prepare that I prepared for you to follow for us. You'll never be in a group bigger than five people. Everyone will start with reading a written prayer, then someone reads a passage from the Bible that was prepared on the handout, and sometimes I'll play a song. And during this time, you might be looking for any word or phrase from this prayer or passage or even the song that might apply to your situation or simply just sticks out to you. So now the stage is set for the listening while others are sharing. Each person gets about five to seven minutes. And yes, I set a timer because anybody who has spent any time with me, I need a timer when I'm sharing or talking. And I'm sure Alex already told Adam to come up here after five minutes to start this, the ending song so I get off the stage. So when you come, you might come with an idea already what you want to say, or I do have some questions that might lead you that you to answer during your time. You also have the option of just simply saying, just pray for me, pray for, for whoever, whatever. And while each person shares, the rest of the group is listening, and that's it. No one gets to respond to what the person is saying. We are choosing to listen rather than fix. We don't get to make suggestions, and we don't get to say, you know, when I'm anxious, this is what I do, or this happened to me 10 years ago. I'm, in many ways, this is freeing to the listener. We don't have to come up with something profound or spiritual or even helpful. This is the service of just listening. So I have a quote here from Diedrich Bonhoeffer about the importance of listening. The first service one owes to others in the fellowship consists in listening to them. It is God's love to us that he not only gives us his word, 
but also lends us his ear. Christians so often think that they must always contribute something when they are in the company of others, and that this is the one service they have to render. They forget that listening can be a greater service than speaking. And he goes on to say, He who can no longer listen to his brother will soon be no longer listening to God either. And he will be doing nothing but prattle in the presence of God too. And one who cannot listen long and patiently will presently be talking beside the point and be never really speaking to others, and he won't even know it. You want to know where Diedrich Bonhoeffer was when he wrote this? He was in a concentration camp, and he was referring to what was going on with him and Christians inside the camp. And after each person is done talking, nothing is said. Everyone goes to God on their behalf, and we are listening now to God. That's prayer. And we're listening for what God's desire is or guidance for that person might be, not what my best advice might be or how I can be most helpful. Again, this prayer is silence with no words, and we stop to listen to God. This is intercessory prayer at its best, and we let the Holy Spirit do the real work. And then after a few minutes of silence, any, if anyone in the group thinks that there is a word, a question, or a scripture, an image God laid on their heart and mind to share with this person, then they are open to do so. And then after everyone is given an opportunity to share, we close with another written prayer. Something so simple, yet so powerful and changing. Today we talked about the treasure, but this creating space with prayer is actually all three. The treasure of the connection with God and the table together with everyone here in the group, and then the towel of serving by listening. So I'm, here's a video of how creating space for prayer has impact, impacted the lives of those who have attended this night. When I came to prayer group, I came because I was in need. I had just gotten word that my grandchild is 400 miles away, was in deep distress, and that put me into deep distress. And I came because I needed prayer. I didn't come because I had anything to offer. I came because I was looking for the group to help me. And when I got here, I realized that if I was in need of, of help, that there would be other people that would be in need of help too, and that perhaps I would have something to offer. This is an hour to center and to think of other people, to pray for other people, and to try and help people outside yourself. I started coming because I want to believe in prayer, power of prayer, um, quiet time with God to share whatever was on my heart um, and help anybody else that in the group or the community or the church that needed prayer it's it's one hour it's god it's come just come once and try it try it once and you'll see the difference we decided to look for a new church 
um, and found Polaris. And when we joined Polaris, I wanted to be a bigger part of it than just a Sunday service. And it's just such a comfort. There's a group of people together, um, helping each other, praying for each other, praying for all kinds of things. Um, so it's, it brought a calming sense to me and I'm so glad I came and I've never looked back. Come, come join us. You'll see the comfort that you feel, the closeness that you feel. I feel calming when I'm, I'm here and I take that with me um, home for the week, for the, for the next couple weeks until we meet again. It gives you the opportunity to not only share if you want, but to pray for others. And it's always a great feeling to help others as well. Um, Kathy Beebe invited me. I was going through a divorce, which was challenging. Also had a medical scare at the time, so it was just a culmination of things that were causing me to feel like I was losing my faith. Um, I had my own tunnel vision of how I was looking at what I was going through, and it helped me to realize that I wasn't essentially losing my faith as much as I had lost my connection um, with God through all of this. I was looking at it as how why was I getting put through things? Just like Alex says in his sermons, you know, it, it's not transactional. It wasn't what did I do before that's causing me to have to go through the pain and everything that I'm going through right now. But it was more of he was getting me through it. And the Creating Space with Pear helped me realize that he was getting me through it and he was pulling me closer to him through all of it. So I wasn't going through stuff. I was getting through things with him. And they also helped me realize that it's not about the number of words you say or how you say them, but it's more of what comes from your heart. So I was first introduced to creating space for prayer during a retreat a few years ago where we um, went to a silence and solitude retreat. The experience at the retreat was transformational in my spiritual life. It introduced me to um, fo focusing on worship music and what that meant to me to worship the Lord, and then also introduced me to new scripture and um, how the scripture applied to my life at the time. It helps you connect with other church community members and build relationships. Those who regularly attend, they are gonna pour into you and be patient with you and just help you really focus on strengthening your relationship with God. And that is, I mean, that's why we're all here, right? We want to get to know God better, um, get to know him more as our friend. And then I'm telling you, it's transformational in bringing peace to your life and just learning to trust him more. Okay, band and singer. I guess singer is part of the band. You guys can come up for last song. Can I have the QR code, please? That QR code right there will take you to the resources for my sermon today. Also on the app, there's a QR code button on the main page that will take you to um, a link to the book, um, Sacred Pathways, and... Um, um, a link to the Bible app and a link to uh, Kathy's Space for Prayer, that um, um, creating space for prayer. That It's a link to get you in touch with Kathy if you want to know more about creating space for prayer. How about that? She probably wouldn't want me to call it Kathy's Space for Prayer. So anyway, um, I want your takeaway to be figure out some things and start doing it. And I'm telling you, 
if you will take 15 minutes a day and just set the alarm, set the alarm, set the alarm, set the alarm, five days a week, 15 minutes a day, and read the Gospels for a year, those red letters, those words of Jesus will change your life. Um, man, if, if we could be a church where everybody did that, that would change the region. The words of Jesus are the primary way that Jesus will speak to you and where you will hear from him. And then take steps to learn to pray, whether it be creating spaces for prayer or just find ways on your own. If you're going to be friends with Jesus, you've got to talk to him, you've got to listen to him. And his words will shape you and speak to you and carry you. And that time with him, speaking with him, it's transformation. I got it, you know, growing up, when I was in my teens and early 20s, that time in scripture and that time spent talking with Jesus, here's what I can say. If you're at a place where you're ready, feel free to reach out to me. You can either, you know, grab me in the hallway, use the, use the app and, and go to resources and staff directory and I'd love to talk with you real practical, but just step by step how to build that kind of a daily habit that's doable that'll change everything. So, um, think through the basics today of a growing friendship with Jesus and commit to something and start something and let the words of Jesus begin to shape your life.